God is good. All the time. And all the time. Let us pray. Gracious and holy Lord, we thank you for your goodness and the opportunity we have to hear and to receive uh, the blessings that you offer us. Lord, we recognize too, though, that it's not just that we come on Sunday to receive a blessing. Lord, you call us. You call us to go forth and to share that blessing with others. So, Lord, I pray that it's your word today that speaks to us that message. Uh, convict our hearts. Uh, convict our spirits. Uh, Lord, show us the way. In your name we pray. Amen. Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard tells the story about a circus that once caught fire. The flames from the circus were spreading to the fields around them and began to work their way towards the village. The circus master was worried that this fire would reach the village and destroy it or kill many of the people that lived there, so he asked for a volunteer. The clown, who was dressed in his full costume, volunteered and jumped on a bicycle and ran down to the village and began to scream, There's a fire! There's a fire! Run for your lives! Run for your lives! Or the village will burn! As he came, you can imagine the curious villagers began to come out of their houses and their shops. They began to smile, they began to laugh, they began to applaud this clown's performance. The harder he tried, the louder he shouted, the more they applauded and the more they affirmed what he was doing. Well, sadly, the village burned and the loss of life was great because no one took the clown seriously. After all, he was just a clown. Sometimes I feel like this clown. The message that is shared, some take it seriously, but others just affirm it as a good performance. Or bad, depending on how it's looked like. If we're unwilling to tell others about Christ, if we're unwilling to be a witness to his power and love, then how can we expect the world? How can we expect Memphis? How can we expect our community or our neighborhoods to take this message seriously? We've been talking about being a messenger and what the life of a messenger is like, specifically a messenger of God. Last week we looked at Matthew 10. It speaks to the call, the mission, the challenges, and even the persecutions that a messenger of God will face in his or her life. Specifically in verses 24 and 25 from last week, Jesus reminded us, his disciples, that, that what might happen to him or what will happen to him might also happen to them. And then in the specific verses of 26 through 33, we looked at how three times Jesus encouraged his disciples not to be afraid and that the truth will be revealed and the truth will prevail. And then remember about the sparrows? How much more does God care for us like the sparrows and everything we do? So as we continue this message of the life of a messenger of God and through the book of Matthew chapter 10, looking at the last few verses, may we continue to see the rewards and the opportunities that are presented for those who seek to live like such a messenger. So join me in today's scripture out of the book of Matthew chapter 10, beginning at verse 40, 
I invite you to join me with your Bibles, your devices, or whatever means, or the Pew Bible before you online. I hope you'll join us this morning, too, as we read the Scripture together. Matthew 10, chapter, uh, excuse me, verse 40. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of a righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, this week I've grown to especially enjoy and appreciate a cold glass of water. We were one of the ones who lost electricity for five days from the storms last Sunday night. You know, you think it's going to come on, right? Just you're going to get home and it's going to be on. Or that night it's going to come on. Or you're going to wake up in the night and the light switches you turned on. It's going to come on and your electricity will be back and things will be okay. After a few days, though, Susan bought a bag of ice. Now, if you remember ice, I thought it used to be relatively not bad. $2 for a 10-pound bag of ice. Now it's $3 for a 7-pound bag of ice. It just doesn't add up. It was nice, though, to have a little ice with your water compared to just out of the tap. And especially as the days were getting hotter and the nights were getting hotter, to enjoy the cool refreshment that water brings. Simple things as a cold glass of water. A hot shower because you've got gas heat or cooking on a gas stove were greatly appreciated and, yes, have been taken for granted. Sure, we miss the A.C. and the dishwasher and the clothes washer and the Internet. But I began to see the basic necessities or conveniences we have in a new light. Today's scripture helps us see the opportunities and rewards of those who seek to be a messenger of God in a new light. Even amidst the suffering and sacrifice for their faith that a messenger may encounter, one must remember the day will come when things will be seen as they actually are. The good and the bad. In the previous verses between last week's scripture and this week, Jesus offered his disciples a choice. Sometimes that's a choice between the closest ties on earth and loyalty to Jesus. Jesus also offered them a cross. And people in Galilee well knew what a cross was. It seems in Christianity there's always a cross. Perhaps it's personal ambitions or maybe even personal comforts. Jesus also offered them an adventure. I'm sure you heard the story or maybe even followed it of the submersible vehicle called the Titan. It took five people to the ocean floor to view the wreck of the Titanic. Communication was lost soon after the submersible vehicle took off and their worst fears were found to be true. The vehicle had imploded and all the lives were lost. It's interesting to read the stories of each of those people that were there, and one was an aviator in space tours and had flown into space last year. 
Each person had their own desire, but they all shared something in common, a desire in seeking adventure. This same vehicle had already made 12 plus dives, but it's this adventure that ended tragically. Look back at your scripture that we talked about. Look one verse before the verse that we shared today at verse 39. A person who found their life will lose it, and one who lost his or her life would find it. Many have found life by losing life. Being a messenger of God centers around our life to Christ. That it's no longer our life to live, but Christ's life to live. That's what I believe Jesus meant in today's passage when it says in verse 40. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. When a Jew who was reading this or hearing this heard it, they knew exactly what was meant. To receive a person's messenger, which was common in the time, was actually to receive the person themselves. To welcome with love and hospitality the messenger of a friend was the same as welcoming the friend themselves. Have you ever stayed with a friend of a friend or a friend of the family? You really didn't know them. Perhaps you hadn't met them or just talked to them on the phone or just received a Christmas card, but you had a connection and so you went to stay with them. And they welcomed you and they greeted you just like you were the friend themselves. This was particularly true in regards to those who taught God's truth. To receive a true person of God was just like receiving God himself. There's a message in this for each of us. There's a message that I think speaks to each of us this morning. Look at verse 41. Whoever welcomed a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. We can't all be prophets. At least I hope not in all the messages that are shared. But one who gives God's messenger the simple gift of hospitality will receive no less reward than the prophet themselves receives. One thing I look forward to about annual conference is the retirement stories that are shared. They used to be shared in person, but now most of them are on videos. Many center around one's spouse that the minister served, given their life, their time, their energy, their effort, their emotion. But they gladly witnessed that none of this would have been possible without their spouse's support. A role that's usually not in the public, but given with such love and care. I think this reminds us that the spouse's role is just as important and the reward is just as valuable as the one who shared the word. Look at the second part of verse 41. Whoever welcomes a righteous person will receive the reward of a righteous. We can't all stand out in the world's eyes as a righteous person, but he or she who helps another to be righteous receives a righteous person's reward. It's a story about a young man in a country village who, after a great struggle, surrendered to the call of ministry. His supporter in his work had been the village cobbler. This cobbler was a kind and an older gentleman, and he had done much for the young man. 
When the young man received his license to preach, they both celebrated, and the cobbler said to him, It was always my desire to be a minister of the gospel, but circumstances of my life made it actually impossible. But you were achieving what was close to me, and I want you to promise me one thing. I want, you, I want to make you a pair of shoes that cost you nothing, but I want you to wear them in the pulpit when you preach. And then I feel you were preaching the gospel that I always wanted to preach standing in my shoes. The cobbler's desire to serve would be seen and rewarded just as much as the young man's. And verse 42 reminds us of this cup of cold water to one of these little ones and the name of a disciple. We can't all teach, but we can all serve. Maybe we don't have the skills of a teacher, but maybe we have the touch of a baker or the comfort of a grandmother. There's some debate on who's actually being referred to in this verse 42 of the children. It's probably not children in regards to age, but maybe is it the children of the faith? Are they actually disciples, as rabbis sometimes call their disciples, little ones? Whoever it is, the emphasis is on the simple things. Just as we desire and take, it, take for granted the simple things we have in our house and the conveniences, when the electricity works, there are simple things we can do for others. Susan and Brooke and I were okay over the past week. Circumstances weren't ideal, but we began to be appreciated for the blessings we had and for the ones who offered beds or hospitality. The church and Christ needs great prophets, great teachers, and people who offer a great witness. But the church in Christ also needs people who are willing to open their homes in hospitality. Those who support prophets and teachers and those who witness quietly behind the scenes. And those whose hearts share Christian love with others. In the eyes of God, it's all the same. In the eyes of God, it's all the same. The Queen of England often visited Bob Morrow Castle. On one occasion, when she was walking by herself early in the morning, it started to rain. So she ran to the nearest cottage. A lady came to the door and was upset that somebody would bother her that early in the morning, and she opened the door with a few inches and barked, What do you want? The Queen didn't introduce herself. She merely asked if she could borrow an umbrella. Just a minute, grumbles the woman. She sammed the door and was gone for a longer moment than usual. She came back and had found an umbrella, one of those with the broken spikes, and it actually had a few holes in it, and she barely opened the door and pushed it through and said, Here, and shut the door. The Queen of England didn't have time to thank her and went on her way with the ragged umbrella. So the next morning, the Queen's escort, dressed in full uniform, pulled up in front of the cottage. One of the escorts knocked on the door and returned the umbrella to the woman, saying, Madam, 
the Queen of England thanks you. And as he walked away, he could hear the woman grumble, if I'd only known, I'd given her my best. God is willing to give us his best. Actually, he already has. Are we willing? Are we willing to give God our best? Even if it is to the least or the greatest of these. Each of us has been called and equipped to be a messenger of God. May we answer that call and may we live like one or at least help those who have the next time an opportunity arises. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.